Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I'm a user, not a haver. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Hashtag there's an app for that. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Bring a Sharpie everywhere you go. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I'd wipe them on my pants and be good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. I'm so excited for today's episode. We are going to talk about our and our listeners' minor and yet life-changing tips. Get ready, you guys. Yes. Get ready. You'll be listening to this one again. (laughs) But first, we have a good mailbag. Mailbag. Anna on Facebook wrote in to say she was listening to the What Fresh Hell is Winter episode. And Anna says, the next time you need to consult a Canadian that does winter. <laughs> I saw this one, right? She said a therapy light is 10,000 lux and has to be as close to your face as possible as early in the morning as possible. I do 30 to 60 minutes with the therapy light prop on my monitor while I work. 10 degrees Fahrenheit for me is now, and eh, I don't need a coat if I'm just running the garbage out temperature. No, I don't really know why I live where the air hurts my face. <laughs> so I saw that one. I'm glad you pulled it because as a New Yorker, this is, I think, the third longest we've ever gone without snow. That's it. It's winter forgot us this year. Texas got our winter this year. Sorry, guys. I know. It's really <laughs> funny. Texas is like, we're freezing. And we're like, oh, must be tough, Texas. Sorry. Payback for all those times my Texas peep wrote me and said, ha, 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 it's nice and warm here. That's karma, Texas. So we went to our Facebook group and page. You can always find us at facebook.com slash Hellcast. And we asked our listeners to tell us what are your seriously minor and actually life-changing, like best pieces of advice that are really simple. And I'm going to start with Caitlin This is one that I never would have thought of, and it's genius. She says, bring a Sharpie for birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese because they give everyone reusable cups with free soda for life if you bring them back. I brought a Sharpie to the second party we attended there, and I felt like an instant MVP. I'm going to yes and this. I'm going to say, bring a Sharpie everywhere you go for the when you have kids under Yes, bring a Sharpie. (laughs) Yes. Yes. A Sharpie is my favorite thing. The amount of times you need a Sharpie. 
And I will say, and I'm not sure I should say this because I'm not sure it's medically sound. I was big on sharpening my phone number on kids' hands at places like, you know, amusement parks and other places. Now, is that poisonous? I should probably look that up before I tell people to do it. But I once had a kid who at six or seven, we were talking about college. He said, Mom, I'm not really sure about college. And I said, well, you don't have to decide now. You know, you got a lot of time. There's lots of people who don't go. Lots of people do go. You can decide later. And he finally said, I guess I would go if you promised to write your phone number on my hand with a Sharpie. Because <laughs> I would do it whenever he was away from me. That's so cute. <laughs> and so I always picture dropping him off at the college and being like, before I go, let me write my phone number on your hand in Sharpie. You know, the Sharpie thing on cops, like you don't just need it for Chuck E. Cheese. I've definitely used it when we needed a back to one on the number of water glasses we use in our house. Like we go through like 30 water glasses during a day and they're all over our apartment. If you just go like, I know I'd always rather use a reusable glass than a plastic cup, but I have found that four plastic cups with our names on them or five plastic cups, if my oldest son is home, we use five all day instead of 30 in a day. Listen, I've been at the beach with my kids and we, you know, people are going in different directions and then we decide we want to go back and I'll just write on a towel and Sharpie, we went back. I'm a Sharpie believer. I Sharpie everything, people. Susie says, my mom taught me to always keep a Sharpie and a mini measuring tape in my purse. Both have come in handy numerous times. That mini measuring tape, that's a good one. Yeah, we always are missing the measuring tape in our house. And yeah, you'd be surprised. And sometimes you need the flexible kind. Like sometimes I'm trying to measure the kid's waist with like the bendy, crackly kind. <laughs> like the carpenter one? Yeah. It's like, kick, 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 kick. it's like, okay, if you were square, your waist would be this big, but you are round. So it's not working that well. And it's the one thing like hashtag there's an app for that, like truly just about everything, but not measuring tape. Oh, there probably is, but it wouldn't be as good as an actual mini bendy measuring measuring. I have to dial in on one because Amy and I work off of notes. So we have everything that everybody has said in documents for easy listening, helped out by our wonderful Erica, who does them for us. And Carla's says, this is her tip. Don't add salt to the water when boiling corn cobs. It toughens it. Add sugar instead. It draws out the sweetness and keeps it tender. A totally fine tip. And I'm I hope it helps someone out there. But underneath it, in italics, it says, Amy has a life-saving corn tip. And ever since I reviewed this document, I'm like, what could Amy's, quote, life-saving corn tip possibly be? I'd like to amend that note. Lay it on me. This better be good, Amy. I have been anxiously anticipating this corn-related life changer for 24 hours now. Yeah, it's a changer. I was going to say it's not a life saver. I misspoke. It's a life changer. First of all, Carla, I don't add salt or sugar to my corn water. This is a very interesting notion. I mean, why wouldn't you? Maybe a little both. I don't know. But here's what you do. Here's how you boil corn, guys. I think about just about everybody boils corn for way too long and it gets like really like hard. And that's when you need butter on it and all that stuff. The way you boil corn is you put the corn, you know, you peel the corn, you put it in the pot. You put it in with, you know, water and then you set the water to boil. The minute that the water boils, turn it off and take the corn out. The time that it took for it to come to boiling is all you needed. It's you're overcooking your corn, people. Let me review. I'm putting my corn in cold water or just room temperature water. Yeah, you fill the pot and you put the corn in. Then I'm heating it up. Bring the water to boil. Mm -hmm. And then... I'm eating it the second it boils. As soon as it starts boiling, take it out. Or taking it out. Rather than, I mean, I think people usually put like corn in boiling water for six minutes or something. Guys, you're like... No, you're killing the corn. 
Yeah, you're killing the corn. All right. I mean, again, as you predicted, <laughs> it was not life-saving. It doesn't save your life. It wasn't even life-changing. But eh, I'll give it a try. I like to do my corn tinfoil on the grill. That's how I like I'm my I'm telling you, corn. your kids are going to be like, this corn is so good. All right. I'm going to try it. On the grill, yeah. Courtney says, keep clean scissors and toddler silverware in your purse diaper bag. Restaurant silverware is always too big for little hands and little mouths. And scissors are so much faster than knives when cutting food for hangry people. Wow. I have an unbelievable aversion to cutting food with scissors. Whenever I see it, it's like a... What do you call that? It's like it gives me the willies. Heebie-jeebies, I would call these. And yeah, I don't know why. Like, and obviously, it makes a lot of sense to cut food with scissors. But when I see it, I just think they're dirty. When have you seen people cutting food with scissors? Is this a big problem in your life? Well, chefs do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chefs do it all the time, I guess. I mean, I don't see them do it. Open kitchen. I will cut herbs with scissors, but people cutting like a steak with scissors is my... It's like an ASMR, like inverse reaction. I've never seen anybody cut a steak with the scissors. It's a reverse ASMR. It gives me bad feels. <laughs> this is changing my life to know that people do that. Yeah, people cut food with scissors... And it's fast, but then I have follow-up questions for Courtney. We need to have her on the podcast. Like, where do the dirty scissors go? Like, then you got a Ziploc bag. They're in the purse. You forget about them. They seem really hard to clean. Well, you're not cutting a raw steak at a diner. You're cutting, like, the kids, like, waffle. Yeah, or, like, a grilled cheese. I'd wipe them on my pants and be good. I mean, I see problems with the plan, but I do <laughs> like the idea of small silverware because... Correct. That like I have definitely had the experience of being out to dinner and you hand the kid like a forty-five pound fork that is the size of their head and they somehow cannot manage it that well. Paige says keep a change of clothes for everyone in the car. Extra undies, socks, all of it. This is a good idea. And then and put it in a Ziploc bag so you can put the clothes that you needed to change for some very unsavory reason into the Ziploc bag and, and zip that up and then don't leave it in the car. That's a great idea. This system always fell apart for me when we used the clothes. Like I was good at putting one set of clothes in, but I was not good at replacing the used set of clothes. Yes. So this was kind of a one and done for me. I would be good at like, oh yeah, okay. And don't worry, we have what's in the And then the next time it happened, oh, I forgot to ever redo that again. I have a car tip that is game changer. Okay. Invest money, resources, and time into good barf bags if you have car sick kids, or even if you don't. We had a kid who was often car sick, and we really had two kids who were sometimes car sick. And we would get in the car to go somewhere. We would be running late. I would say to my husband, is there a bag in the car? And then we would be like looking around for like the, you know, extremely blown thin plastic sack that had a little hole in it. Invest in, we steal them off of airplanes. Whenever we're on an airplane, all five of us take our airplane sick bags with us. So we have like 20 of them and they're all in the backs of the seat pockets still to this day. And then if someone gets sick, you close it up and it seals. Molly has a life-changing car tip. I never thought of this one. Put the owner's manual in the back. She says, don't keep it in the glove compartment. Free up that space. Keep it in one of the seat back pockets. Or just save the PDF on your phone for the access to the electronic version. And now you have all this space in the glove compartment to fill up with junk that Molly says you have to clean out then every time you pump gas is your moment to clean up the car. I mean, this is something that has never occurred to I've never been bothered by the manual. Never thought about the manual. 
But it takes up. I'm always obsessed with this too. Like in our like coat closet in our front hall that we have like snow boots, and as you said, it hasn't snowed in a year. Like they shouldn't be in the front hall. They shouldn't be like right where you walk in, taking up half of the floor of the closet. Something that we might need at some point and haven't needed in a year. Get those out of the closet. Put them somewhere else. Do they still sell owners manuals? Either I don't use my glove compartment, or I just throw it out because I know it's online. This is taking me back to the episode where we told you what interior detailing is, and now we're like, there's something called a glove compartment. I'm not a car person, if you're not getting that feeling. I'm not a car person. Yeah, yeah this glove compartment is stuffed with like a 300-page manual that you will need. I'm not really ready to go to the PDF link unless it's searchable, but you don't need it at your hand. Give me an example of a time you have ever needed that manual. I mean, this is mystifying to me. Oh, Oh, like, for example, we just recently, like our car, like you have to press unlock three times to get the back seat things to unlock. So we were getting into this eternal thing of my husband would get in the car and we're like, unlock the doors. He's like, I did. And we're like, they're not unlocked. And you have to hit a bunch of times. That's when you go to the manual. You got to go to the source. You know, then you have to press two things to reset it so that it unlocks the right way. Stuff like that. You don't have to live with the things about the car that annoy you. I have absolutely no relationship with my car manual. Never looked at it. Never used it. And if like something annoyed you, if it like, I don't know, if it like beep, beep, every time you turned it, locked it or unlocked it, you didn't want it to do that. You're like, oh, well, I guess I'll just be annoyed by that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Or if a light came on, I'd be like, oh, well, hopefully my husband sees that next time he drives the car. <laughs> like, I just do not interact with my car at all. Also, I think because we're still in the like minivan stage, we only buy like used cars that don't they don't beep and boop. They don't make coffee. They just like they just you open the door and then you drive down the street. Like there's really no I think some of the new cars is like, yeah, like wave your foot under the trunk to make it open. And then this does this. Our cars are just like, get in, drive around. It smells bad. No beeps and bobs. No. Keep it simple. All right. We'll be right back with even more tips for you. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while 
still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. You know, part of the joy is being the person who's prepared, who has the room in the glove compartment, is that you can have things ready, not just for yourself, but other people. Anna says she keeps a Band-Aid in her wallet. And then it's just there. You offer it freely and you'd be surprised how often somebody needs Band-Aid and you have one. There used to be a show on TV. This is an oldie timey show. What was it called, Amy? And the end of it. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to narrow it down a little more. All right. It was people in costumes. It was Let's Make a Deal. I got it pretty quickly. That was pretty good. Let's review. You said there was an old TV show, Amy. What was it called? I'm like, I don't know. And you said they wore costumes. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. <laughs> Go ahead. I have no idea what it involved. But you, for some reason, everybody in the audience wore costumes and then they would come up and you would make a deal. I don't remember that much about it. You wore costumes. I mean, it was apropos of nothing, but you wore a costume because you wanted Monty Hall to pick you. Oh, like he just he picked random people out of the audience. So people started wearing silly hats to get picked. And then pretty soon you're wearing like a full like clown makeup because you really want him to pick you. That's why they wore costumes to block that out. This stuff of nightmares. But I remember, but the end of the show was Monty Hall, the host, would go out into the audience. You remember this part? And he would go up to ladies and he would say, if you have this in your purse, you win $100. And it would be like a mint no. or a Band-Aid or a pen. And then the people would frantically search through their purses to see if they had the magic item he was requesting. And I feel like our Band-Aid carrier would do very well on that game show. I'm a user, not a haver. Like, I'm the person who's always like, does anyone have a Band-Aid? Does anyone have a Mint? Does anyone have their cell phone with them? Like, I Is there need... a doctor in the house? Yeah, that's you. Is there a doctor in the house? And then I'm like, <laughs> I guess my husband will figure out what this weird light in the car is. Like, I am not a provider of helpful things. I am just someone who walks through the world being like, someone save me, please. It works out fine for me. Well, the problem is, as you said, I'm the kind of person who would be like, I'm going to carry a Band-Aid in my wallet. Somebody might need it someday. I mean, that's so me. But then I do get stuck, like where you said, like then to re replace the $20 in the diaper bag, the Band-Aid in the wallet to remember to, you know, the clean clothes in the trunk, that kind of thing to remember to use it, put it back. There is something so magical about the person who has what you need. I was with my cousin once having a difficult experience and the guy she was newly dating showed up at the bar that we were at. She was tearfully telling a story. He reached into his pants pocket and pulled out a handkerchief and he said he gave it to her. And not like a pocket square, not a decorative handkerchief, just a handkerchief. And he said, you know, my mom always said, just always carry a handkerchief in case, you know, you ever run tourniquet. into anyone who's emotional. <laughs> and it was like, here it is. And it's a tourniquet. Like, and I have to say, it was so impressive that I kept talking to my husband about it until literally he's like, I've heard enough about the handkerchief. I'm ready for you to drop the handkerchief story because he took it as a personal affront that there were like a real man 
you know, hunky dudes walking through the world, like handing ladies handkerchiefs. And he's like, I get it. I get it. The guy had a handkerchief. <laughs> and every time we see this guy still, because they ended up, not surprisingly, they ended up together and now they're married. Every time we see him, my husband's like, drop the handkerchief story. I don't want to hear it again, the handkerchief story. But being prepared in an emergency will win you friends and influence people. It's the ultimate meet cute story, right? Like I had something and you needed it. My husband and I met because he asked me if we were on a bus. We were sitting across the aisle from each other on like a Greyhound bus. A Greyhound bus. I love that story. Amy met her husband on a Greyhound bus, people. It actually wasn't Greyhound. It was March Trailways, but people don't know what that is. So it was a Greyhound equivalent, let's just say. Close enough. And he asked me if I was done with the newspaper I was reading. Guys, it was a long time ago and we, we didn't have phones to look at. So I was looking at a paper newspaper and he asked me if I was <laughs> done with it. And that's how we started talking. And I had a newspaper to give him. See? I want to move on to some kitchen tips because there are some good ones for sure. Some ones I'd never heard of. Jenna says, if you microwave a lemon or lime for about 10 seconds before you juice it, you get so much more out of it. Have you ever heard of this? Literally never. I mean, I not much of a baker or a chef. No, I don't know about that. I don't boil corn. No glove compartment, no corn. This is all making me feel like I don't do any of these things, guys. That's another way to handle it. Somebody else said, I have done this. Carla says, cut the preparation time on potatoes down by microwaving them. Like if you microwave your potatoes or your sweet potatoes for five minutes before you put them in the oven, they'll cook in half an hour instead of an hour. That makes sense to me. But look at Caitlin here. Listen, cut pizza with kitchen scissors instead of a <laughs> wheel or a knife. No dragging cheese. Clean cuts. It's awesome. People, you are playing into my worst fears. Cutting food with scissors is my nightmare. I'm sorry. I get that it might be cleaner. What upsets you? Because they might be using it? Because then there's like, it feels there's a piece of the scissors that will always have pizza cheese in them, right? Like, how do you... Oh. I do have a pair of kitchen scissors that I sometimes take apart and wash. You take them apart? But even still, I feel like once scissors touch pizza, you have to throw them away. Like, how could you ever use them again for anything? Keep disposable pairs of scissors in your bag to cut things once and then throw them out. There's no such thing as disposable scissors. I hate disposable world. I don't want you to reuse them. This is just a mental block that I clearly have that is not shared by our listeners. And God bless you, all of you out there cutting food with scissors, but it grosses me out. Kristen says, this is something I'm trying to, I had already sort of thought, like, I need to do this. Write expiration dates on bottles and packages with a Sharpie so you never use two-year-old salad dressing again. Or I would just say, like, if you make chicken parma Monday night, just write, like, chicken Monday on it or the date or whatever. So when it gets to be Friday, it's like, is this still good? Can we still use this? You know what it is and when it's from. We need to reach out to Sharpie for some sponsorship opportunities because... We all need Sharpies. I actually really like that idea of the Sharpieing the things in the fridge on like their label because what we were just doing this with whatever it was, the thing you never use but is good. Let's call it hoisin sauce for now. <laughs> yes. And you just go and it's like, oh, shoot, this is from three and a half years ago. We have not made this dish in a long time, you know. And it's just blue cheese dressing is that way in our house. Like I like a little buffalo chicken dip in the summer when we're barbecuing. Then you go to use it one day for Super Bowl and it's no good anymore, you know? Right. And nobody does as good a job as me of like going through each thing in the refrigerator and like looking at it, I find. Like other people supposedly clean out the refrigerator, but I'm the only one who's like, this lemon curd is from 2016. Yeah, that surprises me not at all. But then a month later, like it's there again. Like here's a ketchup that's older than my 15 year old. Like who's putting it back in my refrigerator and I'm not looking. 
Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of reasons this happens. And and I, I do it with the best of intentions, but it would be nice to look at stuff and kind of know like, okay, this is when, and also would help you use it. If I saw like, oh, in a month, the blue cheese dressing, let's find something to use that for, you know? would cut down on food waste, which we're all about. A little something. <laughs> yes. A little something. I do have a keep a list of what's in your freezer. I do this like every six months. I like pull out everything that's in my freezer and throw out, which like is totally freezer burned. Hopefully I've sharpied it to say what it is, but sometimes not. And so you just throw away that anything that's just mystery and looks old. And then you make a list because you can't see what's in your freezer. And then you just keep buying more chicken breasts when you have like 10 in your freezer. So this I do. I do this because I've become a Costco shopper, ah. which I never... You have to be organized to shop at Costco. That's right. So as I put the Costco proteins away, I make a list and that hangs on the front of the fridge. Inside the fridge is chicken breast, pork. So like then I look at it and I'm like, all right, what's our protein for the night? Yeah, you told us that at one point. That, that was your tip. And it's got to be on the fridge. If it's in a notebook, uh, there's no good to me. Where's that notebook? No one has any ideas. No apps. No, no, no. Danielle says, always use salted butter no matter what the recipe calls for. I would agree with this. Everything's better with salt in it. Wait, say it again. I thought she said unsalted. No, she always uses salted butter no matter what the recipe calls for. Oh, phew. I saw this one and I was like, what kind of monster? I mean, I'm also, I could have a salt lick in the house. Like, I love everything so salty. Like, unsalted. This is for... People who are serious chefs, like they want to control the actual waste of taste. And by the way, serious chefs, I mean, it's become a kind of a thing now that you go to like a gastro pub or here's my two pet peeves. We have to leave the topic for one second so that you can hear my two pet peeves. Just two. Fancy restaurants. I mean, I have 90, but they don't put salt and pepper on the table because you're supposed to eat it as is. Like they figured out how to do it and it's not up to you how salty it is. I'm not interested in that. Mm -hmm. Second of all. They don't serve regular beer. I'm not a wine drinker. I don't drink a lot of different things. I, I like to have a beer. That's a beer. It tastes like beer. As in like you don't like not dark brown, not orange. Yeah. It's not dark brown. It's not blueberry lavender. It's just like give me a Pilsner that tastes like a Budweiser. That's all I need to keep me happy. And they're all ironically named and they hand you the menu and it's like, you know, our trip down to the lake, a lager. And I'm like, I don't want that. I just want a beer. Take the note, gastropubs. My life-changing tip around beer is just that, the word Pilsner. I didn't know what that was called. And I would be like, yeah, like a beer, just like a, th and they didn't have it. And then you just say like on this list of like, I don't know, like salute to New England raspberry pumpkin town. Like exactly. Which of these is a Pilsner? And whatever's it, the Pilsner will be the one that looks like a Budweiser and will taste regular. That's the secret word. But I resent for your sake that you had to learn the word Pilsner. Just have a, something that tastes like a beer. I'll take a Pabst Blue Ribbon at this point. Just give me something that isn't our trip through the blueberry fields to Pumpkin Town, please. Uh, Jennifer says you should bake your bacon. Who can deal with grease splashing when parchment paper on a pan and bacon in the oven is delicious? I totally agree with this. You can do like a whole pack of bacon in, you know, 15 minutes if you put it on a cookie sheet in the oven instead of in a frying pan. We could have an entire spinoff podcast about how to cook bacon, because you and I have had this debate a million times, and we have strong disagreements. The problem with bacon is the bacon grease, and there's no, I think it can't be fixed. Like, I like to do it in the microwave between two paper towels. You find that gross. Yeah, I find it sad. You're doing bacon on the George Foreman, you're baking it, it seems like a lot. And then, let me tell you, when you go to take it out, the little shallow pan's got bacon grease on it. It's going to get on you. It's going to burn you at some point. You're going to throw the whole pan up in the air. 
and you're going to have bacon grease everywhere. I got a life-changing tip for you. You take the bacon sheet out of the oven, put it down, you know, pick up with the tongs, put it onto a plate that has a paper towel on it, and it'll soak up all the grease for you. No, but you're not solving my pain point, which is... As you take the cookie sheet out of the oven, it's like a quarter inch thick. Oh, you might spill And then they're sloshing bacon grease. One of your kids is like, mom, and you go to half turn and the bacon grease comes flying out. You get startled and then you're going to the ER and there's bacon grease all over. I'm telling you. This is just like that. The super old Saturday Night Live sketch, Dan Aykroyd, I'm going to find the link and put it in the show notes, Bag of Glass, remember the Saturday Night Live sketch? And he was showing how he was the owner of a toy company. And it was about how really any toy could be dangerous. And they're like, this toy is called Bag of Glass. You're giving this to children. And he just goes on a show like, sure, a teddy bear. Like, oh, it could choke me. Anyway, so you're trying to tell me that my greasy bacon preparation is more dangerous than your own. I'm just saying, look for the Atlas Media spinoff podcast. All Things Bacon with Margaret and The wrongs way to book bacon. <laughs> it's just bacon. Bacon cooking. And it's going to be a 90-episode podcast about how to cook bacon. Because you and I have a lot of thoughts on it, and we completely disagree. Lonnie, this is one I've totally come around to myself. She says, just put the wooden spoons in the dishwasher. Yes, the dishwasher will eventually ruin them, but they cost less than a dollar when they're totally shot to buy new ones. This is like scrubbing a, a soggy wooden spoon. I hate doing it. And yeah, I'm just going to put it in the dishwasher and it'll get cleaner. I'm going to let you in on um, a little horrifying secret at our house. Everything goes in the dishwasher. The good knives go in the dishwasher. Everything goes in. There's no such thing as a non-dishwashable item in my house. It goes in the dishwasher. I get it. The wooden knives, I get it. But I can't. Otherwise, they sit in the sink for four days. They go in the dishwasher. It was a total war of attrition. My husband and I would both play like, you know, dish chicken of like, who could walk by the last four knives? The nonstick pan. Right. And it's funny. We never even verbalized it. But one day, I think maybe he saw that I started putting them in the dishwasher. And he was like, oh, thank God. Now I have permission to put them in the dishwasher. But we dishwash our good knives. And I'm sorry if that's wrong, but we can't be right. Agreed. And I think we're sort of grandfathering some stuff in on dishwashers and washers and stuff like that. I just recently saw some meme saying, you know, attention, people over 40, you can just wash everything on cold. It's fine. And I thought that might be true. Although then I did put a towel in with my stuff and it got a little gray, my white t-shirt. But I think, yeah, in general, we think of these dishwashers and washers, they've gotten so much more complicated. Like new cars, they beep and boop. They do more things. You can put a wooden spoon in there. It's going to be okay. Skip it. We'll be right back. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. 
Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. And now, lies moms are comfortable telling from the What Fresh Hell podcast. I'm sorry, honey. This store doesn't sell sugary cereal. Oh, your baby is so cute. Eat the dinner Grandma made. It's delicious. We took Mr. Peppers the gerbil to go live on a gerbil farm upstate. We'll have a ton of new gerbil friends. We hardly ever do screens at home. We really prefer to do arts and crafts. I don't know what's wrong with little Timmy today. He never acts like this at home. (laughs) So sorry I'm late for pickup. I definitely left on time, but I got caught behind a, um, a mail truck. Where's the flower in the pot that sings the Macarena every time you walk by? Oh, that ran out of batteries. And there are no more batteries at the battery store, so he won't be working for a while now. Yes, Johnny would love a book for his birthday. Are you kidding? He prefers books to toys, in fact. Yes, totally. We're on the way. We'll be there in just a few minutes. This has been Lies Moms Are Comfortable Telling. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, we're back. Let's talk about having a small trash can in your car. Trust me on this one. Go in the glove compartment with all that room you have now. Yes. <laughs> the glove compartment could be your trash can because you don't have a giant uh, manual in there. Or if you're me, you didn't have one to begin with. You fit everything in there. This is, again, the same problem I have with this. I can do it once. Then I take it out. I empty it. And it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. It's the emptying the trash can and putting it back that I have trouble with. I have no problem with always grabbing reusable plastic bags, which obviously I try to use fewer of those than I used to, but like grabbing them and having them in the car and sticking them in the door well, like I would totally do that. But Carrie says just buy a bunch of those, you know, those doggy bags 
that come in like little tight roundup things. She said, I keep a rule of those in my center console. And then you have like 40 in this little tiny thing. I'm going to tell you in the this can't be fixed category, our car is now just a trash can. And then like once we try to do it, I would say once a week, but often it's once a month. It's all hands on deck. All five of us go out to the minivan. You throw all the doors open, open the back up. Everybody cleans it for half an hour. And then it's we vacuum it out. And then it's kind of back to one. I have yet to find an ongoing system that works better than that. One of our listeners suggested that you just do it every time that you're pumping gas. I mean, obviously, you can't pump gas and clean out your trash at the same time, I guess. But everybody else in the car, like if you have a roll of these little plastic bags while you're pumping gas, you can yell in through the window, "Okay, kids, fill this bag while I'm pumping the gas. And then there's a garbage can right there to leave your stuff like you sort of make it. It goes with it. Somebody else suggested while you're waiting for the coffee to brew in the morning, always run the dishwasher at night. This was life changing for me, even if it's 82 percent full, which my husband and I disagree on this one. But just just run it. And then in the morning, you turn on the coffee. He wants it only run at full capacity. He wants it only run at 150% full capacity and a sink of dirty dishes. Like it just, he waits way too long. Right. I'm like, just run it. And then in the morning, you turn on the coffee maker. You've got five minutes, unload the dishwasher and time for coffee. And, and you just sort of connect those two behaviors. Similarly, you could connect, clean out the car to while you're sitting there for two minutes getting gas. One thing I needed back to one on that I had gotten better at is cleaning, cleaning up everything that can be cleaned before you put dinner on the table. That's been, I've fallen back to that. And then my husband and I, at the end of dinner, basically, it's homework time. Now that we have middle schoolers, it's like right to homework. And then they're trying to get it done. And then basically, we'll like sit in our chairs, watch our Jeopardy. And then it's like nine o'clock at night. And it's like, kitchen is dirty you know it's better and because now our kids can scrape their plates wash them put them in the dishwasher so if you can get everything pretty clean before dinner starts then you're just kind of washing dishes at the end of dinner but i need to back to one last night i kind of made a more elaborate dinner than i usually make because i had chicken cutlets in the fridge from costco in the freezer <laughs> you knew they were and, there um i made a lot of dinner and then it was like ugh, i had to send my poor husband in to clean up and after Jeopardy, which he didn't enjoy. I was thinking about when you were talking about the Peloponnesian Wars recently and how useless that is as a thing that your kid would have to know in the future. I did think to myself, well, not if he likes Jeopardy as much as you do. Let me tell you, having middle schoolers and a high schooler has completely upped our Jeopardy game. We are killing it. There was one last night. I was like, there you go. Machu Picchu nailed it. Yeah. I mean, early River Valley civilizations, blank faces all around on Jeopardy. I'm like, call my middle schooler. We got this one. Yeah. It's stuff that you don't need to know. And then and we often now will pause it and make the relevant kid come into the room and answer the question, which let me tell you, they don't enjoy it all. They're like, are you kidding me? And then now sometimes we give them a dollar if they get it correct, because we really need to bring everyone into our Jeopardy obsession. My mother used to do this one in the category of like, you know, always be doing it, like, you know, unload the dishwasher while the coffee's being made, clean out the car while the gas is being pumped. Courtney says, clean the shower while you're in the shower. My mother used to have us do this, that we'd have like a squeegee thing, like you used to see like at gas stations, that she would want us while we were in the shower, before we got out of the shower, to squeegee the door, which I was happy to do as a kid. Like that was kind of fun and interesting. Courtney uses a dish wand with Dawn soap in it and you scrub the tiles and doors while you're in the shower. And then you don't have to do it later. I keep veering into pet peeves, which is not what this episode is about. But now you've got, an, you've got me on another pet peeve. 
new fancy places. I have a shower with a rod with like a dingy, you know, piece of cloth that hangs from it. There's a plastic liner and then there's a shower curtain, right? It's old school. But now when you go to fancy places, even like some people, like my dad has a shower like this at this condo that he now lives in. It's got a squeegee in the shower. And the rule for some reason is that if you don't squeegee it before you get out of the shower, it leaves some sort of film. So then you get the instruction. Listen, after your shower, you have to squeegee the whole, you know, beautiful looking. I will admit it's attractive, but I don't want to be cleaning in the nude. Can I just make that clear? Like I'm in a shower and now I'm expected to like perform an elaborate cleaning thing. I find it very irritating. I hear you. But if you are going to be the one doing that cleaning anyway, later, not in the nude, why not just do it? (laughs) You rinse. You don't have to get back in the shower later. It's like I wash my dog while I'm already taking a shower. I guess that's true. But it seems like we should be farther along in shower technology. The fancier place you go, the more likely they are to have this system where you have to squeegee the shower yourself before you're allowed to exit the shower. I'm sorry, this is like a a public place? Yeah, like I can make my own choices. Like this is my own, my shower, my choice to do this or not, but I don't have to do it at the health club. It's like places I visited or Airbnbs that have like these very fancy glass encased showers. Yes, yes. And it has a little card that's like, please squeegee all the shower walls before you get out. And then you're like wet and cold and cleaning someone's shower. It's terrible. I want to finish with something that would make anything better. And I'm going to apply this. I think this is life-changing. Leilani says, milkshakes after every doctor appointment. Since implementing, there's been zero fuss about going to the doctor. Kara says, use it for COVID tests too. Because kids hate the COVID test of the thing up the nose. If you have to have one of those, milkshake afterwards. Kids and me as well. I mean, COVID tests, not great. They're much better than they were in the beginning. Yes. I got a very early one and it was like, it came out my mouth, basically. This thing was like a brain scraper, we used to call them. They're not as bad as they used to. Now it's like, and sometimes they let you do it yourself, which is fine. You just, right. you know. But kids can get very upset. But yes, I think this is, I think in general, reward activity after bad activity is generally good. And you start it early and then that's how they remember it. So it might be like, play place after the dentist or whatever it is that you say dentist. Does that mean we're going to the play place? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Marketing, Amy, you're big on this. Squeegee the shower and then there's a milkshake right afterwards. You'd be like, oh, that's fine. I'll totally do that. Yes. If the Airbnb would leave me a snack and be like, (laughs) if you nude squeegee our entire shower correctly, you can have this treat afterwards. I would still hate it, but I might be slightly more amenable to it. Amy, we're going to need a part two on um, our major life-changing tips because we've barely scratched the surface. I still have a couple of my own in my pocket. Wow. And yeah, some of my favorite ones we haven't even gotten to yet. All right. So we're definitely going to do a part two on this very soon. So watch for that. If you enjoyed this episode, send it to a friend. There's a lot of ways in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or probably wherever you're listening that you can tap the little square with an arrow coming out of the top. Send it. Text it to a mom who could use a few laughs. And with that, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Thanks. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? 
Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. <laughs> 